Today we begin, or sorry, we continue on with our series uh, of uh, We Are Covenant and what it means to be part of the Evangelical Covenant Church. And I was thinking about it actually uh, last week when we were watching the video and um, Professor Tim Johnson was talking about it when he was doing his, his doctoral studies and it was in a non-denominational school and he's trying to explain people who the Evangelical Covenant was because it's just not a large denomination. If you, I even hear around here people ask, so what kind of church is that? A covenant? And they've seen movies and stuff with the word covenant in it, and it's always scary. And so what kind of church is this? And, you know, because you think about it, if you say someone, it's a Baptist, Baptist church. People kind of know what a Baptist church, or an Anglican, or a Catholic. But when you say we're an evangelical covenant church, they, they, they say, you know, what is that? So it's important that we have this conversation about who we are as covenanters. And for the weeks now, we've been working through this, that we, one, have these common affirmations that we are an apostolic church, a Catholic or universal church. We are a Reformation church and an evangelical church. And as we talked about these things, I was again impressed by the breadth of the church, that we are a friend of all who fear the Lord Jesus. Uh, Christians, brothers and sisters around the world, uh, how broad um, we consider the church. But also, too, I was um, impressed by the depth of the covenant church, that so many of our affirmations go back to Scripture. And center, our scripture is, is central to who we are. In fact, that's the first affirmation we have as the covenant church is we believe or we affirm the centrality of the word of God, that the word of God is the only perfect rule for life, faith, and conduct, that it guides everything that we do, how we live, what we say, how we think. Scripture is central. But then we also talked about, too, about the necessity of new birth, that, that for us, this isn't just some religion that we practice. This is a living, breathing relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ, that we believe that in him we are born again, that we are new people, and we believe that is central to our faith. That it's not just about church attendance or how much you tithe or whether you're an official member or not, but it's actually a relationship with Jesus is central. Then we talk some, too, about the whole mission of the church, that we affirm the whole mission, the mission to people in terms of spirituality, their spiritual health, but also their physical health. That includes uh, compassion, mercy, justice, that we are working at things um, that affect people's needs now. And then we also talk, too, about a, uh, that as a church, we believe that the church, or from the church, is a fellowship of believers. And we unpacked that some last week. We opened that up as we talked about uh, that the church is believers. More than a building, as good as it is to have a place to worship and meet, more than an event on Sunday morning, the church is the people. And it's a fellowship of mutual commitment to each other as we follow Jesus together. That this is not a movie theater, this is not a restaurant where you come and you think, you think about in terms of what do I get out of it, but you also ask questions of how can I contribute? How can I encourage my brothers and sisters? So we talked about all these things. And this week we're coming to the next affirmation, which is that we um, uh, affirm a conscious dependence on the Holy Spirit. And it's funny because... You know, we don't talk about that very much. And Tracy, even this morning, she says, what is that word again? Conscious dependence, right. We're consciously depending on the Holy Spirit throughout our life. And so the question might be, is, well, kind of what do we mean by that? And I was thinking about it this week is, maybe even more importantly, how do we work that out in our life? What does that look like as we live that? So let's start again this morning with the video and hear again um, from the, some of the professors and people of the Evangelical Covenant Church from North Park of what we mean by that. As a church, we need to move each step of the way with a conscious dependence on the Spirit. When you think about dependence, I think of how children are dependent on parents. It's a dependence where I submit my will 
to the will of Christ, whatever that might be. We need to be aware that we're dependent on God in order for us to be able to begin to conform our life, to begin to cooperate with God in various ways. And when we're conscious of our dependence on God, then we're able to make different kinds of decisions. We live a different kind of life because of that. I'm amazed by how much we need to rely on the Holy Spirit. And that takes some intentionality on our part. Going back to the where is it written, starting in Scripture, New Testament, Acts 1-8, we see the Holy Spirit being given to the church. It's the Spirit who baptizes us into one body. We are inhabited by the Spirit, and what's amazing to me, a miracle really, this is just an amazing thing, is that whether we're young or old, whether we're male or female, whether we're educated or not educated, doesn't matter what ethnicity we come from, it is one Spirit who inhabits us, and we honor the one Lord. And so we're made into a body of all this eclectic people, and yet we share together because we are bonded with one Spirit. The Spirit has come into us and is praying already within us. The Spirit is constantly praying. It's by the Spirit that we say, Abba, Father. Prayer puts us in a posture that we are communing with God. With the Spirit's intervention, he is able to connect us and communicate our prayers. We are in tune, we are one with God through our prayers. When we pray, we often bow our heads. We don't have to bow our heads, but bowing our heads is one of those ways of saying, I am dependent, I am in need, I humble myself before you because I need you. Prayer makes us aware of the Spirit's ongoing work already, and I think that's one of the uh, important aspects of prayer. I think it's very important that we have practical ways to become conscious of our dependence on the Holy Spirit. The uh, ancient Celtic Christians had a practice in which through all the common things that they did in their day, they would have a prayer. So they would have a prayer as they milked the cow, they would have a prayer as they baked the bread, they would have a prayer as they stoked the fire in the fireplace. And this practice helped them be conscious of the Holy Spirit. And whether we have that kind of practice or whether we practice fixed hour prayer or we have our devotions in the morning, we have Bible reading, we meet together with other Christians, but we need to have very practical ways. We call them spiritual disciplines or spiritual practices. And without those, something strange happens. We become forgetful and we forget who we are, we forget who we're related to. And before you know it, we're all out in our ego, we're all out on our own strength, and uh, things start to collapse around us. Uh, whether it's sooner or later, they do start to collapse around us. One day I was challenged by a friend. She asked if I would consider co-leading, co-teaching a Sunday school class. The first thing for me was my fear that I thought was hard to overcome, but also the lack of confidence. But I took the challenge. And so together we co-led a Sunday school class and I was amazed beyond my comprehension. I began to better grasp and understand the concept of the priesthood of all believers, that it wasn't just for those teachers who I thought were the professionals or the called out. God provides and empowers every believer with a special gift that is beyond our talents and abilities because I had no talent or ability to teach on my own. I also encourage and help others to understand 
that they are a part of the priesthood of all believers and are charged and empowered by the Holy Spirit to use those gifts to help build a body. As followers or disciples of Christ, we know we need to understand how the Spirit works, but we also need to move beyond that cognitive understanding to a deeper level of allowing the Spirit to work in our hearts. And that's where the transformation, I believe, really takes place. A friend of mine asked me some a question that opened up the chance for me to share the gospel. It was the first time I had ever shared the good news of Jesus Christ with, uh, with someone else as, a, as an adult. And as I spoke with him, I became aware that there was some kind of grace, some kind of strength, some kind of power that was working in me, giving me some appropriate words giving me a sense that God was present. In fact, this friend said to me, I don't believe in God, but God is here. And so I knew that something very special was happening. So whether we have uh, a kind of special exotic experience of the Spirit of God working in our life, or something far more normal and common through our daily life, nevertheless, the Spirit is the one who helps us live in any way that will glorify God. For myself personally, an intentional focus begins from the time I awaken in the day and continues throughout my day. That I have to turn my thoughts consciously, intentionally to the Holy Spirit. So that's, that's who leads me, that's who guides me, that's who directs me, that's who comforts me. One of the things the Spirit does in my life is convicts me of places and times that I am getting out of line. That conviction, if I take it as a, as a loving correction from God and turn back to God, I find that He is just ready to welcome me and give me what I need to actually move forward. And so the transformation into the likeness of Christ has to go beyond just knowing. It has to include a being and an intentionality in our being. I think the Holy Spirit is the secret in the Christian life. And the thing that a lot of people aren't aware of, when you become a Christian, God himself comes and dwells within us. The Holy Spirit directs, guides, provides wisdom, comforts, heals. The list goes on and on. And when I talk about being passionate about the Holy Spirit, my life is dependent on that guidance from the Holy Spirit. I can do nothing without the Holy Spirit. I can do absolutely nothing. I could do everything that I want to do in the flesh, but what I want to do to be more and more like Christ, to be transformed, I can do nothing without the power of the Holy Spirit. text that came up in that video was, uh, quite a few of them came from Romans chapter 8. If you would please turn with me to, to that chapter, verses eight or verses 9 to 17. It's also here in your bulletin, uh, if you forgot your Bible or if you don't have it with you, um, you can read it here as well. <clears throat> Let's ask for the Holy Spirit uh, to be present with us as we begin reading. Holy Spirit, uh, we do depend on you. Help us to depend on you even more. We ask for your help as we read your word, Lord Jesus. Uh, Lord God, we pray that you'd help us to understand it rightly. 
to hear it rightly and to apply it to our lives. We pray this in your mighty name, Lord Jesus. Amen. So Paul, writing to the church in Rome, he says, uh, You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, that the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship and daughtership. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we are in his sufferings, if we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So I am grateful for this, um, this affirmation of the Covenant Church. It's interesting, as I've been doing these, I've been working through these affirmations, uh, I am surprised actually at how much they are convicting me. A few weeks ago, we talked some about uh, commitment or uh, the commitment to the whole mission of the church. And I was convicted by that about how sometimes I think my focus of mission tends to narrow right down into helping people know and follow Jesus, which is good. But I also was really, I need to also be involved in um, uh, helping people more with their physical needs as well because that speaks the gospel to people sometimes when they can't hear the spiritual message. But also this week, I was challenged as well challenged about a conscious dependence on the Holy Spirit. And first, I'm thankful that this is a central affirmation of the Covenant Church. Now, there are six affirmations that we hold, and I am grateful that one of them is a conscious dependence on the Holy Spirit. Like, that's saying something. I don't know if you've thought about that, but, but the, a whole denomination would say, depending on the Holy Spirit is central to who we are. There are some denominations who the Holy Spirit um, is one of the Godhead, but they are so afraid of talking about Holy Spirit or what uh, dependence might look like that, that they don't really talk much about him. So I'm grateful for this. But it's also challenged me, and it's been good, and I'll get to that in a moment, but I'm grateful because we have, this reminds me again that we need the whole church. The whole church, because the, if it wasn't for these uh, covenant affirmations, if I wasn't working through them, I wouldn't be reminded again or challenged to, uh, to be more dependent on the Holy Spirit. So we need the whole church to remind us to pull us out of some of, the, some of the times when we kind of narrow in on one particular thing or a few particular things, but the whole church reminds us, oh, you know what, this is also important. Oh, and, and this is also important. So I'm grateful for that. But like I said, uh, this uh, studying this week and reflecting on some on a conscious dependence on the Holy Spirit has been challenging me uh, because I don't know about you, but there are times, actually quite a few times in my life, in my daily life, when I live as a practical atheist, a practical atheist is this, is someone like me who believes in Jesus, who believes that he died and rose again. I absolutely believe it. And then I go on about my days without ever thinking about it. Or I go through my day not really asking the Lord to be a part of it or to guide me. I'm a practical atheist. Now, I'm the first person who would say, like, absolutely, we need to depend on the Holy Spirit. I, I agree with the covenant. That is central to who we are, is a conscious dependence on the Holy Spirit. 
But then there's times where I just jump right into what I think needs to be done. I don't even ask the Lord, what do you want to do in this? Or how should I do this? I rely a lot on my knowledge, the things I know, the, the abilities that I have, or what seems like the most pragmatic answer. I just jump in and I start doing I never ask, Holy Spirit, what are you up to here? Do you even want me to do this? And if you do, how do you want me to do it? And I'm not depending on the Spirit. I think about, I don't know if you can relate to this, but there are days when I'll be like noon and I'll think, you know, I remember praying this morning for guidance, but beyond that, Lord, I haven't even asked you for your guidance today. I haven't even asked you for your help and what you even want me to be doing. Or times when, I don't know if you've ever had it, where you've left a conversation, where you've been talking with someone and you're walking away and you're just thinking to yourself, you know, Holy Spirit, I should have asked for your help in that. I should ask for you to guide my words because it was a complicated conversation or it was an important conversation. I didn't even ask for your help. I don't know, can any of you relate to these sort of things? I want to be careful here because I'm not saying that um, a conscious dependence is that extreme example. You know, like you've maybe, I don't know if you ever heard it, but people say like, you know, Lord, what color socks do you want me to wear today? That's not what I'm talking about. Or Lord, you know, like what color shirt or should I eat eggs or cereal for breakfast? I don't think that that's really what the Holy Spirit is so concerned about. Maybe in a particular case, but generally no. But I'm talking about um, our lives. Like how do we live? And, and that's something too because, you know, you can be, like you can look um, pretty normal. Even say you can look pretty Christian and not be depending on the Holy Spirit. Because I'm not talking that we're necessarily doing sinful things without the Holy Spirit. It's just that the things we are doing, we're not asking him to be involved. So I've been thinking about this some, and, and I, was, I was actually listening to, like, well, Professor Bramer, Paul Bramer, who was talking some about these practices that we have. You know, how do we depend more on the Holy Spirit? How do we do that? I think spiritual practices help us. The spiritual practices are anything that we do that helps us follow Jesus. Coming to church, gathering together on Sunday morning, that's a spiritual practice, and it helps us follow Jesus. Gathering together in small groups in the middle of the week, that's a spiritual practice that helps us follow Jesus. Praying is a spiritual practice. Getting up in the morning and reading a Bible as a devotion to set the tone for our day, that's a spiritual practice that helps us follow Jesus. So this is what we're talking about in terms of spiritual practices. And I believe that spiritual practices will help us remain more dependent on the Holy Spirit. I would say because naturally, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I think most of us naturally, we don't really want to depend. You know, depending on the Holy Spirit, is just not natural for us. One, we don't think about it a lot, at least I don't think about it a lot. I have to remind myself. I have to have spiritual practices that help me focus on it. But also, too, there are times, I don't know if any of you have this experience, where you think, like, no, this is just what I want to do. No, God, I don't really want your opinion on this. this. I know this is what I want to do. And sometimes we even have pride. We think, you know what? I believe in God, and that's all well and good, but, you know, when it comes to the rest of my life, I think I can handle it. Thank you very much. So we need these practices to help us depend on God to help us depend on the Holy Spirit. It was interesting because uh, uh, Professor Bram was talking some about the, uh, the early Christians, the Celtic Christians. These are Christians who lived in England, Scotland, and Ireland 1,500 years ago, you know, 6th, 7th, 8th century. These ancient Christian brothers and sisters and their conscious dependence on the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> he talked to one about um, that they had set times of prayer. 
You know, that's a spiritual practice that we have as a set time of prayer. You know, if, like, for example, how many of you, when you wake up in the morning, prayer is one of the first things that you do or one of the first few things that you do? Or in the evening as you're going to sleep, praying, Lord, I thank you for these things in my day or, or these things that are happening or these things that are coming tomorrow. But even set time of prayer, another good one that I've been working on that I'm, I'm not <laughs> by far perfect at, but is a midday prayer. Setting time aside in the middle of the day to pray to keep the Lord central, to, keep a, to remind myself to be, remain dependent on the Holy Spirit through my day. So that's one practice is set times. But another one is <clears throat> uh, listening prayer. So, you know, when we pray, especially in the Western world, especially here in Canada, we pray and usually prayer for us is 90% us talking and maybe 1% us listening. Well, listening prayer is kind of the opposite of that. You begin by praying and then you just listen. You sit quietly and you listen for the Holy Spirit, for the Lord to speak or to reveal something to you or to show you something. And it's, it's not common in our culture because it's sitting quietly <laughs> waiting for something to happen. How many here like to sit quietly and wait for something to happen? <laughs> Craig, okay. You're one of the few. <laughs> but I have to ask, how, how do we know how to hear the Lord's voice if we aren't listening for him? If we never practice that, you know, and you don't have to sit for an hour at a time, like even if you need to begin, like just sitting two minutes or five minutes or 10 minutes or 20, even working up to it. But you listen for the Lord's voice so you know what it sounds like. So that's one of the other practices that they would have is that they would wait, they would sit and they would listen in prayer. And then the third thing too is that they would pray and they would ask the Lord for um his presence in mundane tasks. And Professor Bram was talking about it. Like if they were milking the cow, they had a prayer for that. If they were sweeping the floor, they had a prayer for that. If they were doing dishes, I don't know if they had dishes, but uh, maybe wooden ones, but if they were washing things, they had a prayer for that. But these things that we can do that just keep the, 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 the Holy Spirit present with us, even in the most mundane tasks that we do. And I've heard people say like, oh, I don't, I don't want to bother the Lord God with my stuff. You know, I'll pray for world peace and I'll pray for the end of hunger and, you know, and I'll pray for my friend's terminal disease, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, like, my, I don't want to bother with my stuff. But God's too busy to care about that stuff. That's not true. The Lord is all-powerful and all-knowing. He can handle our prayer for world peace and he can handle our prayer, Lord, please be present with me while I wash the dishes. He can handle that. He desires this proximity, this closeness with us. So those are some of the, the set things we can do, set times of prayer. Um, prayer where you listen on purpose. You set a time to just listen to the Lord. And reminding ourselves or setting prayers like if I'm going to change the oil in the truck, that's just something I do as I ask for the Holy Spirit to be present with me. Or if I'm going to wash dishes or if I'm going to do laundry, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to be present while I'm doing this. Maybe like no revelations about laundry as per se, but maybe revelations about who God is while we're doing that. So those are set things. We can also ask the Lord God to be present with us in spontaneous things. Now this is one I think most of us do, is like as you're going through your day, you're just thinking like these short little prayers that would just, just come up out of you. You know, Lord, please help me in this situation. Or Lord, please help me. My spouse is driving. Please help. Right? These short little prayers that come up. I said spouse. And I'm speaking, I'm speaking rhetorically. I didn't say wife. <laughs> 
She probably prays just as much as when she's riding with me. <laughs> these short prayers, these little prayers that just come up. Or someone says, you know, I just found out that my friend has cancer. And you just say, Lord, please help him. Maybe you say it out loud. Maybe you just pray it under your breath. These, these spontaneous prayers that come out. That's a great spiritual discipline that keeps the Holy Spirit next to us. Or reminds us that the Holy Spirit is next to us. There's also a prayer, too, of leaving space in your day for the Holy Spirit. Leaving some room, some unplanned time. Which is crazy, right? The idea of that, unplanned time. How many of you have unplanned time, right? <laughs> but to leave room, to leave space, or to have an openness. And an example, like the, the Celtic Christians, what they would do when they would go, they loved to go out on mission, and they, you know, living like on Ireland, for example, the island, they would get in a boat and they would travel to another um, place to set anchor and they would begin telling that group there, that village there about, about Jesus. And sometimes they would get in the boat and they would start rowing. You know, a group of, of Christians, you know, six or seven or eight of them, they'd get in a boat and they'd start rowing. But sometimes the leader would say, okay, you know, guys, let's, let's bring the oars in, let's hoist the sail, and let's pray that God would lead us to the right people. And the wind would just blow them. And they would just follow the Holy Spirit where he was leading. You know, I think about that. I mean, not many of us are sailing on a regular basis, but I think about that for our lives. I don't know about you, but I live most of my life at the oars. Lord, here's where I'm going. These are the meetings I need to go to. These are the people I need to meet. These are the goals and the plans that I have, and I'm going to go rope to get there. Please, Holy Spirit, help me. How often do I say, okay, Lord, there are things that I think are important, but I also want to watch what you're doing. So I'm going to stop rolling, rowing, hoist the sails, and pray that you will lead me where I need to be. So they had the spiritual discipline, and there are ways that we can work this in our lives. I mean, like just as an example, to kind of put it into terms of our modern day life, or is, you know, Lord, I'm just going to drive into Nelson for half an hour or an hour. I'm just going to walk Baker Street, and I'm going to pray as I walk. And Lord, if there's somebody there you want me to talk to, Please connect me with them and help me to listen to them and what you're up to in their life. That's very similar to hoisting sails and just, Lord, wherever you lead me, I will be there. That's a spiritual discipline. That's a spiritual practice that helps us be dependent on the Holy Spirit because you don't know what's going to happen. You can't plan for it. We need these spiritual practices because they help us. And the last one I wanted to mention was um, confession. And this is an important one. You know, I'm thinking, Lord, please forgive me for how much of my life I try to just live under my own under my own steam. Lord, please forgive me for how much of my life that I'm rowing against the wind. Even though your spirit is blowing one way, Lord, I am hard at the oars because I know in my own mind this is what I need to do. Lord, please forgive me. Please forgive me when I'm halfway into my day and I haven't even asked for your guidance yet. I haven't even asked for your presence. Lord, please forgive me when I've already talked in very important conversations with two or three people today and not once did I ask for your presence with us as we spoke. Repentance. That's another very important, one of maybe one of the most important uh, spiritual practices. Lord, please forgive me because I've been hard at the oars and I have not hoisted the sail on the laptop to end up where your spirit is blowing. See, we need these practices. It was interesting. It was, uh, he was a theologian. Uh, he worked at University of Southern California, uh, Dallas, Willard, Dallas Willard. He's written some books on um, spiritual disciplines. And he talked about this difference between training and trying. He says, so often we as Christians, we try to approach Jesus, and we try to approach our faith by trying. 
especially trying not to sin. I'm just going to try not to sin. I'm going to go through life and if something bad comes up, I'm going to try not to do it. He said that is a recipe for disaster. That's why so many people are so focused on just not sinning. Now, I'm not saying that sinning is good and it's important to try not to sin, but he also said rather than trying not to do that, what if you trained? Trying versus training. Training is saying, Jesus, I'm going to follow you and here are the things I'm going to do that are going to help me follow you, that are going to cultivate this relationship um, this dependence on the Holy Spirit. So some of the practices we just talked about, like reading your Bible or prayer or um, leaving space for the Holy Spirit to work, maybe listening prayer, these are all practices that we can do. And he gave this great example of how many of you, if we said right now, if you wanted to go try and run a 10K run right now, just right through the door, how many of you would do well at that? All oh, right, Tracy. <laughs> But he says, what if you had a year to train for it? How many of you would do better at it then? Right, yeah, yeah. I think all of you, if you had a year to train it, all of you would do better at it then. He says, this is how we follow Jesus, by training. Spiritual practices. Not by just trying hard to be a better Christian, but by training, by praying, <laughs> by having set times of prayer by praying throughout the day, by being remaining dependent on the Holy Spirit, by reading the scriptures, by serving people. There's all sorts of spiritual practices that help us. So I've been grateful this morning, uh, as I have in this last week, as I've been uh, listening to, and to uh, Professor Bramer and Debbie Blue as they talked about um, uh, this conscious dependence on the Holy Spirit. I'm grateful that as a covenant, this is central to who we are. I'm even grateful that it's been challenging me to be more dependent on the Holy Spirit. To be less, to, to, to do it less and less of where I just think, you know, this is the smart thing to do and I'm going to use my own ability and power and I'm just going to make it happen. To be less of that. To be more dependent on the Holy Spirit.